Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. Andy, what do we like today? We liked uh, Martin Kellner with his uh, week of sport on TV. Yeah. Todd, uh, Todd Kellner, I call him. Oh, everyone's called Kellner. Uh, Todd Macklin, his American Sports Roundup. A lot yeah. happening there, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, bits of chat and an interesting moment with Motti. Yes, very interesting moment with Motti. Quite a shock moment, quite a touching moment. Uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, Paul. And yes, disappointing news about the crowds, but I think it's not unexpected. And I think we're going to get this. It's two steps forward, one step back. It's going to be like that for some yeah. time, probably till we get a vaccination. But I understand why they're so upset at Goodwood as well, because they're probably looking forward to having but those people there. There'd been lots and lots of high level conversations with the Premier mm. League and the EFL and everybody about getting crowds back and chief execs. And they will be sitting there crunching the numbers, saying, OK, all being well, we'll get that many back by then. So yeah. They're working all well, their budgets out happen, based on know, this. Yeah. Well, it, it could do, but it just yeah. proves just how fragile this whole oh, thing is, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Well, we we know that, don't we? So we just have to soldier on and hope that in time we can get fans back. And uh, I was thinking that this morning, you know, this cup final tomorrow would have been so much fun to be going to the cup final. It's such a wonderful occasion yeah. for, you know, 80,000 fans, but it's not to be. So we, nothing not you can even 8,000 fans or indeed 80 fans. <laughs> no, no fans at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to have a chat with Motti later on. We'll get some, get some cup final memories and also we will, uh, we will look ahead to the game tomorrow with Motti. Talking of fans, uh, it is funny because all the journos writing and saying, oh, it's terrible for Newcastle fans and the deal has fallen through. Whereas all the fans of the other Premier League clubs, especially the big ones, are going, oh, what a shame. They're well, delighted, aren't they? They don't want another club to be the world's richest club, do they? They're no, not, so, they probably you know, don't. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. And then Amanda Stavely, she was in tears and, you know, nothing to do with the old commission going down the drain or anything <laughs> like that. Not that I'm a cynic. I mean, if if the Henry Morris deal comes off and from what we were hearing on TalkSport earlier mm. and what we've been reading today, there's a pretty good chance that, well, they're quite a long way down the road. Yeah, but isn't would. it interesting that Mike Ashley has said that, you know, he's thrown his lot in with the... Saudi consortium, and he's hoping that can still happen. But yeah, it's interesting that. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe the whole thing was a bit of a jolly up for the Premier League, but the Premier League do have reservations, and you know, it, it sounds like the Clear Channel deal could could be mm. a lot clearer. And 
it would be slightly different from what I've been reading today. A bit, be a bit more. It'll be a bit more Fenway like. It'll be a bit more Liverpool like, which mm. is not a bad way to go. No. as it won the title? Look, but it's a, It won't be a massive it's in, an injection of cash straight away. If any club is ripe for this, it's a perfect club to take over and yeah, do something with. You know, it's got a great fan base. It has and a great stadium and all that sort of thing. But you know, we'll see what happens and. Uh, yeah. I mean, Did you watch I, the game last night? I did. What a brilliant game again. Yeah. Well played to both sides. Cardiff gave it a right good go. I mean, we were talking yesterday at Rob, Rob yeah. Earnshaw and they're getting, getting the early goal and made the difference. Yeah, but then to concede so quickly yeah. afterwards. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the free kick from Tom Kenny. It's a shame Danny mm. Baker doesn't do the old own goals and gaffes video. Very amusing. Yeah. <laughs> he was funny about it afterwards. I knew he would be if, if they won, which they did. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting that Brentford uh, against uh, Fulham. Um, midway between the Where's two. Where's your money? Brentford. They're pretty well matched, aren't they? It's going to be quite a decent game. Win. You I think do. they've got better steam up? That, that, I just think that victory's gone going think again. I they're slightly better than Fulham. The, the first mm. game, after lockdown, I think one of the first early games was Brentford against Fulham. I watched the game. And, uh, yeah, I thought the first half Fulham, I mean, at times they looked really good. And then, you know, obviously when they were holding, hanging on at the end there. Uh, the Cardiff keeper Smithies, though, he really, every time they said they sound like Smithers in The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm sure Danny Higginbottom called him Smithers at one point, but there you go. Mitrovic should be back in the frame only for the uh, final yeah I'd imagine so uh, great bit of nominative determinism uh, the best bit I've heard for a long time oh, I'm not afraid you're on talk no. sport every day the president of the royal the new president of the royal horticulture I can't even say you can't even say the new president of the royal horticultural society is Keith Weed Keith Weed <laughs> Keith Weed well, you don't know weeds in your garden I, really. I heard of a new author today she's very very successful author sells millions of books but I'd mm. never heard of her before not mm. working in the maybe the genre that I tend to read uh, mainly comics. No, only kidding. No, but uh, her name is Paige Toon. Paige <laughs> really? Toon. T O O N. So I was thinking, what's her legion of fans <laughs> called? I wonder. Oh, oh, yeah. How does she address them? They're maybe, disappointed the turn, I mean, if, the takeovers have gone if through. Ne- if her next book's a, a, a bestseller, maybe she can <laughs> buy the club. I mean, you want your club owned by Paige Toon, don't you? Oh, you do. And uh, Scott Parker, you see him talking to the referee's assistant last night. It was brilliant. He didn't actually have to take his eyes off the game. He <laughs> it was great. Just talk, talk side on. <laughs> Come on, ref. <laughs> Come on, well, that's got to be handball. <laughs> Talks out the corner of his mouth. Do you have want a, transfer rumours you can ignore? Okay, you're gone then. Is this Harry a new Kane, series? Yes, it is. Harry Kane to City, one of the papers has got. That's definitely yeah. not him. Um, that, that, that's a chat with Daniel Levy would be an interesting <laughs> one, won't it? Yeah. Ter Stegen to Chelsea, that's not going to happen either. Mm. A good one, though, if it did. What we tend to do with strikers that we don't want to sell is that they drive up to Manchester to speak to one club and then they sign for another one. So <laughs> the fact he's been linked with City is probably good news for Manchester United. <laughs> They'll probably get him instead. I noticed that temperatures in the Middle East this week have topped 50 degrees every day. And mm. uh, what a great place it would, would have been to have a Summer World Cup. <laughs> well done, <laughs> those that voted for it in the first place. Yeah. Because let's not forget, that's what they voted for. <laughs> that is what they voted for. At that, at that time, they were saying, oh, yeah, that's a, that'll be fine. Yeah, be, look, yeah, be, you know, yeah, yeah, you'll get a bit of a sweat on. 50 but, degrees. Yeah, you may pass out. You could possibly die. But no, it'll be, honestly, it'll be brilliant. It's Don't brilliant, worry about it. And the fans, the fans will be fine getting from stadium yeah, to stadium absolutely. in 50. It'll be, it'll be fine. Mm. But anyway, uh, it's, of course, it's a Christmas, effectively a Christmas World Cup, yes. uh, isn't it, that we've got in... in uh, Which might Funny, it'd be a bit disruptive, but you know, the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. My watch has just told me to get moving. 
Has it really? <laughs> now you, you should tell people you've bought you've bought a smart watch, haven't you? Oh, it's it's definitely smarter than you. But it says it keeps telling you. My heartbeat you, drops during the show. You think it would go up, wouldn't it? But it go, when I'm watching football, it goes right up. And when you're eating, apparently, it when goes I'm eating right up. and when I'm watching football, it goes right up. When I'm doing the show, it goes. And right. it keeps telling you off. It keeps saying, "Why are you see, sitting still?" He says, "You haven't do- moved for an hour. Get moving." You see. <laughs> What Shut are you up. supposed to do? <laughs> Nothing I could stand up, I suppose. Well, you can. You have a little wonder about when the ads are on, can't you, I suppose? You <laughs> Did you see that busy? thing about Ndombele, uh staying at Tottenham? I think that's yeah. a good thing, really. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can see a good player there. I don't know, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there was a, 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 a lad on um, on Twitter, I just noticed, his name was Charlie Parrish, and he makes a very good point. He said, as we've given Eric Lamella seven years <laughs> to get used to the Premier League, I think we can give Ndombele one. <laughs> very good And point. I thought, spot on, mate, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, spot on. He is a good player. I mean, you watched him, you know, we yeah. talking about him the other day against, was it City for Leon? He was absolutely fantastic. Mm. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. But, you, you know, they can't, they're going to lose money on him, which they won't want no, to do. And, it, and it's a manager's job. He to, was quite a lot of money, wasn't he? he well, I think it was around 60, 60 million quid. I don't yeah. see that. See, that's the sort of transfer this summer I think will be less. I think that sort of player. Yeah. Maybe 30 to 40, not 60, you know. It's a lot no. of money. Well, I think we've seen that. Werner last yeah. season, what would the Werner have been? Could have yeah, been nearer. 80, yeah. yeah, 70, yeah. 80. But yeah, he scored goals in the Bundesliga like that. You got him for what, 48? 53 or something. 53, no, okay. something. Something. It's all toy town, Undisclosed. Money, whatever you say, really. <laughs> Undisclosed, that's it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. <laughs> You're right, Annie. It's right. I thought we were tripping over the place. <laughs> His watch is very rude to him. It just said, oh, you've got up. It's incredible. What, where'd you get that watch from? It's uh, part of the kit. It's the Samson. Does it know what you're like as a person? So it's equally as aggressive <laughs> yeah. as you are. I think it, it works out that you're fairly cantankerous person. So it's a cantankerous watch. It's quite rude. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Has your watch just told you you're late? <laughs> I couldn't get stop, in. Stop. Jake, Jake was blocking the door. I was oh, ready to yeah, come I in. I thought it would be Jake's fault. Stop <laughs> gossiping outside. Go and do your job. Your watch didn't say that, did it? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Just before we chat to Martin <laughs> Kellner, we can confirm that uh, Andy Jacobs did tell Motti he loved him. <laughs> I uh, do. Well, let's I do bring you him. that moment from a little bit earlier on. <laughs> If I could just briefly, can I pick a couple out for you for, that I that I covered? Love oh, to, love yeah, you. of course. Yeah, love not love yeah, you. Love, well, to. Well, listen, the, <laughs> love you. Love you. <laughs> well, there we are. Breaking news: Andy told Motti he loved him. Well, it's about time. Anyway, as promised, um, yes. we have got squad number nine, Martin Kellner, with a Beautiful. week of sport on TV. Music? Here it comes. Here he is. Won't be the same otherwise. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. Um, do you not love me, Andy? I do, Martin. I love <laughs> he you. He loves everybody. I what, love you what, immensely. <laughs> excellent. I was going to say, what am I, a chop liver? <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway. The, only, uh, the other night, I did say on the show yesterday, you did uh, tip, predict that uh, Swansea were going to score because I was watching it in delay. That wasn't great. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my apologies. My apologies for that. Um, but thank you for your tip, uh, Pariah: The Lives and Deaths of uh, Sonny Liston, which is mm. uh, currently on the Sky mm. Documentaries. Fantastic! I thought it was a very, very clever program because it was you know you watch it and you think it's a straight documentary, but it isn't. It's part documentary, part drama. So it's archive footage mixed with uh, interviews with journalists and historians, which I take a, a, a real interviews, but also sequences where you've got actors and actresses oh, playing wow. some of the key parts 
Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant mm. programme. And if you don't know the story of Sonny Liston, I mean, it's and certainly if you're interested in Black Lives Matter and all that, it is, um, you know, it's a fantastic combination of everything that's happening in America, the civil rights movement and all that. And also the world of boxing, which uh, it'll shock you to learn was quite corrupt. No, it, yeah. Yes, Never. it was, apparently. Wow. I mean, the only way he could turn pro was basically to be involved with the mafia. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a brilliant documentary, I agree with you. It's excellent. Yeah. Fantastic but documentary. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to watching that, yeah. Oh, you must, you must, must watch it. Um, and you've got the contrast between Floyd Patterson, who was the champ. He was the... Oh, he was this sort of acceptable face of heavyweight boxing, if you like. You know, and you got bits of him, um, you know, meeting with uh, with John F. Kennedy and all that sort of thing. And you know, white America loved Floyd Patterson, um, but Sonny Liston was uh, was a figure of danger. You know, he was he was described as badass, and I thought there's yeah, no better yeah. description of uh, Sonny Liston than that. Uh, the champ they didn't want, and you look at his story. Uh, I mean, there's not even any. Actual record of him being born um, and when you think there's poverty there's grinding poverty and then there's Sonny Liston uh, right. 24th mm. of 25 children 24th wow. of Lord. 25 um, born in Arkansas very very he was whipped regularly by his father and when I say whipped you know you saw scenes of what you know it was welts it was proper oh, it was really? like you know oh that's absolutely shocking so all he ever knew was violence his mum went uh, from arkansas to st louis i don't know how she got there she may have hitchhiked or whatever uh, so he when he's still like 11 12 years old he follows his mum to uh, st louis and obviously you know it's the uh, it's the back streets he ends up in crime, no big surprise. Um, but there's um, there's a Catholic priest who gets some of the hopeless cases, as Sonny Liston was, into boxing. So he's a sort of like a Bing Crosby figure. Played by Pat O'Brien. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bing Crosby, Pat O'Brien, one of those. Yeah. Lots of references for the teenagers here. Yeah. Um, and, he, you know, he starts to shine mm. at boxing and he's obviously sprung out of prison. That's the implication by... Uh, but Johnny Vitale, who knew Frankie Carbo, you get the idea. He's yeah. like a hundred percent gangster. But they show you some of these uh, some of these fights that he had. I mean, they were fantastic fights. Mm. One of the um, journalists, I think, it was a guy from the Ring magazine, said um, Sonny's left jab was a nose cracking, teeth busting, jaw dropping experience. Really, which obviously was later adopted by Pepsi Cola for their <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Martin Kellner is with us, though. Squad number nine, bringing us the best of sport on TV. We were chatting about the Sonny Liston documentary. Yeah, on a Scott. man who never bets responsibly. documentaries. <laughs> we bet on West Ham to win. <laughs> I do, on yeah. a regular basis. Would you know my, th- my theory on uh, please bet responsibly? Mm. That is what is called... Um, an oxymoron, because there's no such thing because they're horses. They don't even know they're in a race. But um, yeah, as you say, just before we leave this fantastic Sunny Liston show, which you know, recommend 100. Yeah. And as you say, um, Mike Tyson was very interesting on this show uh, when he said that you know a jab is usually. Sonny Liston used the jab completely differently mm. from because uh, he had an 86-inch reach, which was wow. you know the, the mm. longest ever known, and he used his jab as an actual weapon, whereas normally it's used to you know distance the other mm. the other fighter. Um, and uh, somebody said it was like getting hit by a pole. Um, but you had to feel it, it was all right. The documentary was probably made from Sonny Liston's point of view, if you like. But you had to be sorry for him. You know, he was described by, by his niece or by whoever was playing his niece as a sensitive person. He seen, you know, there were lots of shots of him, um, you know, archive <laughs> footage of him with, with kids and all But he just never got any respect at all. And as mm. we know, for boxers, that's a big thing. You know, he arrived back in Philadelphia after having beaten uh, Muhammad Ali. And uh, there was nobody there to meet him. There was no crowd. Nobody wanted it, wanted him to win, even though at that point, um, you know, Muhammad Ali had become a member of, I think he was still boxing under the name Cassius Clay, mm. but had become a member of the uh, Nation of Islam. Oh. And he, lots of good sort of quotes about uh, some of this. And one of these guys who was a, a professor of history, described as a distinguished professor of history, uh, a guy called Randy Roberts, mm. which really does not sound like... Not, partic- a, <laughs> not a very particularly <laughs> distinguished name. <laughs> no, it isn't. But he was called Randy Roberts. Very, very good witness. But anyway, he said, Sonny never walked on well-lit streets, which oh. sort of, um, you know, sort of sums him up. Um, it, it's really well worth watching. Excellent. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jerry Eisenberg's very good. He was a journalist from uh, The Ring. And that fight between Sonny Liston and Cleveland Williams in 1960... Mm. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay. I mean, the, the guy was a, a fantastic. We'll, we'll, we'll go and check it out. I look forward to watching. Yeah, check it out. Definitely, um, definitely, definitely. Now, Martin, you, you wrote a fine book on the history of sport on TV. Sit down and cheer, which I very much enjoyed. Yes, I did. You were and so right you're there, perfectly placed to talk about because there will be kids out there that the FA Cup will come on tomorrow. There'll be a little bit twenty minute preamble with Gary. Obviously, we'll build up to it here on Talksport. But from a TV point of view, you know, you won't get there. Won't be at eight thirty. There won't be Tarby Star Bar or. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on the on the coach, they got on the coach <laughs> with the team. I mean, there. it was mm. a f- it was the the country. It was our Super Bowl, wasn't it? From about eight o'clock in the morning, you'd have uh, yeah. you'd have constant programming all about Wembley. Since that, on the bus, yeah, it was a yes. huge cultural thing, wasn't it? 
Oh, fantastic. I mean, it started off with uh, with the Matthews final, obviously, in 1953, <laughs> which you two guys will remember well. Um, but, you know, the Matthews final basically started selling TVs. You know, TV, nobody or not many people, it's usually one or two people in the street. You know, I'm talking about uh, working class people. There were right. one or two people in the street who may have had a TV, but not many. But then after the, well, first the coronation and then the Matthews final, that um, ushered in the modern age of TV. And uh, the cup final, of course, was the, you know, as you say, it was, it was our Super Bowl. And, and apart from anything else, there was because the book that I wrote was mainly about sport on TV. Um, <laughs> that's what it was about. Yes, it was and, a good, very good yes, book. Yes, I've just, I had to pick, when you said that, I had to go and pick up a copy. To, uh, <laughs> Is it still available? It's, it's about to, no, it's not still available, although there are the odd, there is the odd, I don't get any money for it anyway now. I've got the advance and I've spent that. So the, uh, <laughs> You're nothing but honest, Martin. That's very thank good. Thank you. Um, yeah, but the, you, there's one or two copies on Amazon and you can get a Kindle copy, but I wouldn't bother because it's sort of out of date now. It's uh, 10 it years the old. the basis well. of a very good TV programme if you had access to all the archive of all the things you talk about and everything. Yeah, well, I think they have d done that sort of thing, but, yeah, but, but for a long, <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to do it, yeah. But for a long time, it was, um, you know, it was who was going to commentate on the um, on the FA Cup final? And it was a fight between uh, your lover, um, John Morrison, <laughs> and uh, and Barry Davis. You yeah, know, the, yeah. So I've done a whole chapter, the Bazza versus Motti War. And I always saw, if, if you ever watched any of the cup finals in the 60s, when Kenneth Wilsonhome was the BBC's uh, commentator, mm. um, they, I saw Barry Davis as the link between the, what I like to call gentleman commentators. Mm. So the, you know, the, the ones who never bother doing any research. Um, <laughs> Kenneth I'm sure Barry would take you to task if he was... Uh, if he was no, there. I'm not, I'm saying Barry oh, right. sort of ushered in that age. Oh, okay, yeah, I see, right, in yeah. The, yeah he, no, no, oh, he oh, ushered I'm in, with you, okay. Yeah. yeah, he ushered in the new age. So he was the link, and then Motti was the sort of first of the, of the new wave, if you like, that, you know, made way for the uh, Clive Tiltons of this world, that, you know, and the Sam Matter faces if you like but we won't go back over all that but he uh, but you know what I mean yeah um, he was slightly more and it depends you know it was a it was a nationwide split it was a, you know it was a coke or pepsi thing mm. you, you know some people said you know I like and the BBC kept it the announcement to sort of the last minute is it going to be Barry Davis is it going to be John Motson doing the uh, doing the commentary <clears throat> Yeah. Um, and that was a that was a huge uh, issue for a while. And the fact but that they what? both showed it, ITV and BBC, and yeah. of course BBC used to always thrash ITV. And yeah, the but figures. Brian Moore yeah. was a fantastic commentator and yeah, did it, did it for Brian years Moore. and years, didn't he? And both yeah. channels would work incredibly hard. I mean, you you in later years you saw one channel saying, look, you know, we'll put so much into it, but we're going to get Trouncer. Mm. What's the point? Mm. But I mean, I th then they did well, went they went head to head, didn't they? I mean, yeah, they did. And there was yeah. a punch up in the but one year there was a punch up. There was Manchester City in the final. I can't remember who they were playing. But there was a punch-up in the players' tunnel. You must know this story. Um, between the between the camera crew. Between the, I, yeah, there was. It's it's in the book somewhere. And I wish I could still find it. But, um, yeah, it's, it is. I found the book. But now I'm looking for punch-up here. I can't find it in the uh, index. But, yeah, there was People a punch-up punch in the player. Yeah. Yeah, ITV and uh, the BBC to get the better interviews. Could be under F for fisticuffs, couldn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, have a look. What's under F? <laughs> but no, there was yeah, no, there was a bunch up to get the best people, and, and uh, you know they all tried everything to get the um, to to do the preamble. Uh, you know, the the two or three hours of broadcasting before yeah. the cup final, they try and get the best people. Uh, ITV one year when Everton were in the final had uh, Freddie Starr, the, mm. the late Freddie Starr, doing uh, in full Nazi uniform, goose-stepping yeah. outside the Everton players' different, hotel. Different times, Martin, I think it's <laughs> fair to say. I find there was different times, yeah. yeah. Very much different times. Can't think of Freddie's equivalent doing that. Doing that no. t- tomorrow behind the behind the scenes. We no. are going to have uh, Emily Sanding uh, singing um, "Abide with Me." Abide with Me on the roof, which is a pre-record. So they're going to yes. they're going to keep that. It's going to be up on the roof at Wembley. Apparently, she's on the roof at Wembley. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. That's what they said. She I, thought she, I thought she was going to. She's not going to do it on the pitch. No, I, I, think, no. Gonna, oh, really? I think they pre-recorded something. She's on the roof at Wembley, but they are going to have a band. Playing the mm. national anthem on the pitch. Are they? Yeah. Do we know if Good she's point. going to be on the roof in full Nazi uniform? <laughs> I, d- I doubt <laughs> it. I d- Martin, very, very I, I, I doubt it very much. <laughs> Sorry, Emily. Part of Emily Sanders, is, yeah. is it? So really? uh, we'll, we'll um, catch up with you next week. All being well. Yes, absolutely. And well, I can tell you next week about the Mike Tyson show. I just want to recommend, I watched that as well, okay. which is basically Mike Tyson's Broadway show. It's also on Sky uh, Documentaries. But that sort of gives you a slightly different take on heavyweight, heavyweight boxing. But when we talk about badass, obviously Mike Tyson falls very neatly into that category as well. He does. So um, yeah. he, he did, as you know, he did the one-man show on, uh, uh, on Broadway and Spike Lee great film director Spike Lee has done a movie about this so oh, it's what we're talking good, about. Yeah. so I'll, I'll definitely talk about that one next week and whatever else is around the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport <clears throat> well slightly later than usual we enter the world of American sports and there's plenty to talk about today uh, some good news and some not so good we'll kick off with the good news uh, Tom Macklin joins us hi Todd Hey boys! Well, uh, the NBA did finally get underway last night, and we had some uh, very uh, famous players, some top names involved, and there were two tight, decent matches to kick off with, weren't they? They're fantastic games. Uh, either one of them could have gone to overtime. Either one of them, with uh, kind of shots or free throws in the last ten seconds, ten to fifteen seconds, to win the game for their team. So. Uh, you had Utah win that first game, and you know Utah is is uh, you know fighting for a playoff spot. Where you had the other game, you had the two teams in the West, the Lakers and the Clippers. I think are the two teams that people are looking at to get out of the West to go to the NBA Finals, and that game just did not disappoint. LeBron with the big shot under 10 seconds left, and then some great defense at the end of the game on the Clippers' two star players, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, to. Uh, to get the Lakers a win in their in their first game, and you know I, you look at it and listen, it's there's a lot of pressure on every team, but I think when LeBron looks at it, I mean he he, he doesn't have a a, a a huge number of years left, and I think he looks at it and think this this is probably the best chance he's going to get because we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but he looks at this as a you know a year that they have to win the championship. Uh, so you can just see it. Uh, you, you just saw it last night with the way he plays, the kind of desperation that he wants to win it all this year. That would be his third team, wouldn't it, that he'd won a title with him, am I right in thinking that? Yeah. You are correct with that, yeah. Yeah, Cleveland, Miami, and if he could do it with the Lakers. And, you know, they talk a lot about, especially this was kind of the, the, the season Kobe Bryant tragically died um, this season. And I know there's been a lot of talk about kind of winning one for Kobe and, for LeBron, he went to L.A. obviously for the off court, you know, because he's 
the entertainment aspect of it, but he wants to win a championship there. And winning the championship with the Lakers is a big deal. Uh, all the NBA players are in a similar sort of bio bubble to our cricketers, and we had an issue with one of our cricketers, Joffre Archer. There was a couple of incidents with NBA players. Mm. Uh, Clippers player Lou Williams uh, apparently had a family <laughs> emergency and was then spotted in a strip club. And then um, Rashawn Holmes <laughs> of um, Sacramento Kings, um, he went and picked up some chicken wings. He went and, went and got his delivery and broke out the bubble. And so th- there's been a few issues. There has been a few issues. And yeah, Lou Williams said he loved the wings too at the Gentleman's Club. <laughs> what is it about chicken wings, eh? These guys got to have their chicken wings and they're going to do whatever it takes. Yeah, they were put in quarantine. Lou Williams will miss the first three games of the Clippers kind of restart. And and Holmes too, I think, was in quarantine for 10 days. So, But we haven't had any positive <clears throat> tests since. And if you look at NBA and NHL, the, the ice hockey, both are in bubbles. Both over the last rounds of testing have had no positive tests. Uh, so that's the great news for them. Baseball mm. is another story. They are in disarray at the moment, guys. We've had games canceled left, right, and center. Uh, the Marlins had some 19 players test positive. So they've had seven games canceled. The Phillies have had seven games canceled. We just had a game canceled today between the, the Brewers and the Cardinals because a number of Cardinal players have tested positive. I think a lot of people look at it and think, why Why didn't baseball do some sort of bubble setup, which they could have, but they were too busy fighting over money and they didn't seem to have the planning, uh, the proper planning to kind of set up a bubble format. So I think a lot of people are saying they don't, they don't expect baseball to survive the weekend um, with all the cancellations that they expect. There was a, one story I was quite shocked. I was reading on Sports Illustrated's website. Uh, three players, three Marlins um, players tested positive. Um, and so um, they decided that they would still play their game against the Phillies the following day. Their, one of their managers said, we never really considered not playing on Sunday. Like, it's a sort of macho thing to do. I mean, it's a virus. If you've got enough players there, you've got, you've got to be up front and say, maybe we shouldn't be playing this this match, you know, you're not. It's not. You're not. It's, you know, you're not fronting it out. It it makes it makes sense, doesn't it? Because it jeopardizes the whole league. It does, and, and it's interesting because the players have been able to vote. So the players have been given much more power than they ever had because they're the ones on the front lines. But I'm just talking about sports front lines playing the actual games, not the owners or general managers. So it's great that they've had the power to vote. But as you just see. It, 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 that that power can also go awry when you have guys with that old mentality. Well, we got to play, right? That we're we're athletes. We got to play. Why wouldn't we play? Well, because of what can happen with this thing. So, yeah, you you saw the Marlins vote to play. Guys, even worse, you had the Phillies were able to vote if they still wanted to play, even though some of the Marlins have tested positive and they voted to play the game, which is even more ridiculous than the Marlins voting to play. So. Yeah, it, 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 I'm, I'm hoping now that we've seen so many games canceled that now it's easier on the players to say, yeah, you know what, let's just cancel the game because they hadn't been canceled before when these guys were voting. And, I, I, and again, it's that old mentality. Well, no, you play no matter what. But now that they've seen what's happening, um, I got to believe players are just a lot going to make the lot smarter decision and just say, guys, we're not playing these games. It's just not worth it. We were chatting earlier in the week with Mike Carson actually about NFL pullouts. A lot of players have pulled out. And I wonder if the NFL, have they got the bubble plan or have they got the similar plan to baseball? What, what are they going to do? 
right now they have the similar plan to baseball in that they, everyone plays in their own stadium. That's, you know, not, not locked down like the, the NBA and, and ice hockey, but football still has, you know, they don't start their, their season till what October, September, October. So they still have time to what we think is come to their senses and, and maybe build some sort of bubble format um, because even, you know, Dr. Fauci has been saying, I think he said a few weeks ago, listen, I, I, I don't see, I don't see the NFL working unless they go to a bubble format. So in my mind, they still have time to go to that. Now, we mentioned last week in Washington that uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci there. He threw the first pitch uh, before the, the game in Washington, not particularly good pitch, but um, the photograph of it, um, has been turned into a uh, tops card, a baseball card, and it's just gone mad. Uh, they've set a new record print run of fifty one thousand five hundred. They can't print enough of them. It's it's just it's become this huge hit. It is, it is, and that's the thing too. I think we, I mean we talked about it on the show last week, and people do, don't care about what the first pitch looked like. The guys, the, the guys trying to save. You know the citizens of of America. You know who cares that he could he couldn't throw a ball, and you know he said he had an arm injury, I guess, just before that hindered his performance. <laughs> but people just have taken to him because he's kind of the the voice of sanity in the White House. And 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 have you guys heard the 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 kind of story too about what happened um, after he threw out the first pitch? Trump came out and said, "Hey, the Yankees have contacted me and asked me to throw out the first pitch, so I'm going to do that." And then a couple of days later, Trump said, hey, I'm not going to be able to, to do the first pitch with the Yankees because I'm, I'm focused on, you know, trying to do my best to stop the, the, uh, the coronavirus. And then a day or two later, it came out that the Yankees never asked him to throw out a first pitch, but that he was so jealous of Fauci being asked to throw out the first pitch that, hey, God, hey, guys, wait for it. He lied about something. No. So it's just crazy what's come out of this first pitch. Yeah, the baseball card and and then the Trump stuff as well. But just, you know, people, I, most people, sane people, have really taken to Fauci because of his honesty, which stands out so much in the face of everything else in the White House. I'm surprised Trump's ego would would let him do it. I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm guessing yeah. he hasn't got a great arm. I could be wrong. He may be fantastic. But if he hasn't and it, and it just sort of flops or just flies miles <clears throat> wide then it won't look good will it so i'm surprised he's gonna yeah. put himself on offer like that yeah and he's you know he'll again he'll probably have some stunt double if he ever <laughs> did it he would just have some stunt double right and he would you know the way he works we all know it's not him and he'd be like that's me yeah so. yeah With my 95 mile an hour fastball yeah that's oh wow he's what what an arm he's got him. that's fantastic okay todd we will catch up with you next week thanks very much for joining us See you, boys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We return tomorrow. No, we don't return tomorrow. What am I talking about? We don't turn to, you can come in if you like. Uh, we return on Monday at 1. Thanks, as always, for listening. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.